today we're talking about animal sounds. Animal sounds. <laughs> yes. This is going to be a great episode. <laughs> As always, I am Logan Bruce, joined by Zach Griffin, my partner in crime, my That's Robin, me. or I'm Batman, or are you Batman? One of us know. is Batman, the other one's Robin. That's not for me to decide. What if What um, if we did the like the Blues Brothers or something like that? That's good. My soul man, um, Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, no one's, a, no one's a sidekick here. <laughs> I'm a sidekick for sure. I definitely <laughs> no. do nothing. Um, on the show. Uh, but anyway, welcome again to Bearing Up. We are just having a lot of fun already, and uh, yep. this is going to be a good episode. Um, but first, Zach, before we really dive into our animal sounds for the day, I have a quick question for you. Would you rather be Adam and Eve, I guess I'm assuming you're Adam in this situation, Okay. be Adam <laughs> with your Eve being kicked out of the Garden of Eden, or... Would you rather, and I feel like this is pretty easy, but, you know, it's just kind of, what I, maybe it's not. Or the other one, would you, would you rather be Jonah in the belly of the fish? Hmm. And to me, it's, it, like, and, and so there's the question. Yeah. It seems, it seems easy, but when I thought about it, Jonah didn't, did, did Jonah know he was going to be in the whale or the fish for three days? Or was that ambiguous to him? No, I mean he didn't know he he thought he was gonna die, you know, being right. thrown off the ship. Right. Yeah. So I I don't know. That's that's kind of hard to me because like I don't know. So, after after the whole Adam and Eve thing with the with the sin in the garden, their the rest of their lives are kind of ambiguous. Right. But Jonah, he goes back and he still he still doesn't have the right heart after that. Right, he's still, yeah, kind of a So, I don't know turn. what kind of frame of mind they would have been in, really. Like, even even the death of Abel, mm -hmm. there's not really any response that we see or anything like that. No. You know? Adam and Eve are actually some of the most emotionless people in the Bible. Yeah. And it's only because we get such a narrow glimpse of who they actually were. Yeah. Um, they say very little. They interact with God. I mean, it's it's like the first two chapters and we're done. Yeah. Um, and and so we don't really know where their mindset was. Like you said, even their son dying, we don't get a reaction. Yeah. What's kind of cool, um, though, is like because they are so like ambiguous, they're kind of set up mm -hmm. as these figures that anybody can relate with. That's like, true. With, with me, I, I find it hard having now a good spiritual life with God mm -hmm. and you know, I, I want to and desire to do what he asked me to do. Right. It's kind of hard to relate to, to Jonah right now in this frame of mind uh, where I am now, because he's like, God, you just need to kill these people. Even after he goes and they yeah. repent, you know, he's, he doesn't have the right mindset. So it's kind of, I don't know. Uh, I think if, if I had to choose, I would like to, be Adam just to see what Eden was like, hmm. uh, and to be, you know, in this state where all the animals were peaceful and, and uh, that would be kind of cool. Okay, so you get to watch it as you're leaving because yeah. you're getting kicked out. Yeah, but it would also be kind of cool to be like, 
you're there in the presence of god he's walking sure. in the and so yeah yeah and and so to me i guess with the benefit of hindsight you you might immediately want to pick jonah and so to reiterate the question yeah would you rather be adam and eve being kicked out of the garden or would you rather be jonah in the belly of the whale belly of the fish um and in the mindset of jonah like you said we don't really get a whole a big glimpse into adam and eve but for jonah's perspective he was just like throw me off and i'm probably gonna die mm-hmm. um we don't really see there's no footnote that says but jonah really had faith in god no um, that says that i could they would, god would take care of him um and as a matter of fact i think of all the prophets jonah might be down there at the bottom of the list for amount of faith oh yeah <laughs> because um i mean even how... his prayer he's not even like yeah. he's not really asking for forgiveness he's just yeah. like god please help me yeah <laughs> give me um, <laughs> and and jonah but but like you said jonah is so adam and, that's a good point though adam and eve can be related to anybody because it's so ambiguous but jonah jonah is one that uh you relate to when you're struggling spiritually and it's almost like a job situation where mm-hmm. I, I don't uh you know I'm, maybe i'm not in a bad spot and god's taking care of me and so i'm doing good uh, but a lot of people will only call to god when they're in trouble like jonah did yeah um, and so that's kind of interesting and mm-hmm. i didn't mean to i feel like we're really exploding these that's why i like these because they yeah. can go so many directions oh yeah but um but yeah so with with jonah it's just like you just want to beat your head on the table and be like, Jonah, you're an idiot. And it's, and that's what's funny, though, about the Bible. And we're about to see some of that here in a little bit with our conversation coming up. Is that you look back in hindsight, it's 2020. And hindsight's probably better than 2020 because you look at it and it's just like, why were they so dumb? And you see that with the people of Israel. You see that with the prophets. Some, a lot of the prophets. You see that with the judges. And it's just like, you had it all laid out before you. But then... You know, I think if somebody were to write a story about my life, they'd be like, "Yeah, he keeps he keeps doing this. Why does he keep doing this?" Right. And it's just like, yeah. uh, it, it's it's the human problem, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about Solomon. You know, at the very end of his life, even though he was granted this wisdom by God, wisest man to ever live, he went back to idols towards the end of his yeah. life. It's just like, dude. What are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know better than this. Yeah. And and so we kind of judge him and we kind of say, wow, this guy is, he's supposed to be wise, but he's acting really, really foolish. But then, you know, we find it hard to, to recognize when we do things yeah. that we shouldn't. <laughs> so your answer is Adam. Yeah, right? I guess. I guess. Yeah. And I, I, my original answer was Jonah. But I think I was answering that with the knowledge that he was getting out of the whale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden permanently. They weren't going back. Yeah. Um, but I think you're, you might have changed my mind a little bit because I don't, we don't know if Jonah even knew he was getting out, first yeah. of all. And second of all, um, you know, there's, it's both are bad. Let's yeah. be real. And it didn't really bring much change to his spirit at all. I mean, True. he ended up going to Nineveh, but he still hated doing it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just like a kid. Yep. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> well, today, um, you know, we've we're going to discuss a little bit about one of my favorite um, apostles, one of my favorite disciples in the New Testament. Um, and that's Peter. Um, and I think I relate to Peter a lot. 
Um, there's prob- there's a few Bible characters that I specifically really relate to, and you're, you're laughing because you know exactly. You're definitely a Peter. You are definitely. Uh, whatever. <laughs> hey, <that laughs> there's a, a few Bible. I, I like. I think everybody should like search for a Bible character that they can relate to on a personal level. Yeah. And um, we just talked about Adam and Eve being like they're the mother and father of all mankind, and so I think it's a good thing that everybody can relate to their situation. Everybody can relate to being tempted. Everybody can relate to I want to do this bad thing and I gave in. So I think that's a good thing. But I, I, I have a few characters in the Bible that I really relate to. David being number one or two. Peter being the other number one or number two. Um, but I really like Peter because I relate to Peter a lot. I relate to him the most. He's out there. And we don't know if he was a zealot, but he was definitely zealous. You know, he definitely had that fire in him for Jesus. And so you've got, a, you've got all these apostles and Peter's the most outspoken in every situation, anytime Jesus asks a question that everybody's like, this is a trap, Peter's going to answer it anyway. That's me. Um, <laughs> ask my wife. Um, anytime that somebody needs to step up and do something and it's going to take a little bit extra, Peter's going to do it. Cutting off the ear of Malchus. You know, that's just, he was going to step up and he was going to be out there and in front. 90% of the time it was going to be wrong. <laughs> um, 90% of the time he's going to overstep his bounds and over and cross the line. But here in Luke chapter, it, it, and I, I guess I didn't tell you all yet, we're in Luke chapter 22, and we're going to be in Luke today. Um, and Zach and I reference all the time about our Bible reading. And uh, we're, we're in this, the end of Luke here currently as we're reading the Bible through the year. Um, and in, in Luke 22, this is all, it's all hit the fan. You know, um, Jesus is prayed in the garden, um, and that's the end of chapter 22. And Judas betrays Jesus. And then in verse 54 is where we're going to start. And we're going to join Peter. It says, They seized him, led him away, and brought him into the high priest's house. Meanwhile, Peter was following at a distance. They lit a fire. This is Jesus they're talking about, obviously. They've got Jesus, and they're leading him away. Verse 55, They lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together. Peter sat among them. When a servant saw him sit in the light, they looked closely at him and said, this man was with him too. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know it. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, You're one of them too. Man, I am not, Peter said. About an hour later, another kept insisting, This man was certainly with him, since he's also a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And you can just hear, there's an exclamation point. Just He's like adamantly, vehemently denying it. Immediately immediately after Peter finished saying this, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So Peter remembered the word of the Lord and how he, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So Zach, the kind of the direction we're going to take this, and there's your animal sound for the day. Uh, I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to imitate a rooster for you. Um, at this point in time, I might before the episode's over, so stay tuned. But <laughs> now, at this point in time, um, this is the lowest point in Peter's life, mm-hmm. um, and it's something interesting jumped out to me when I read this because I, I, every time you read the Bible, um, I think you see it from a different angle because you're a different person than you were the last time you read it. Um, when I read this a few weeks ago, preparing for this, what it said to me was. That rooster, or in a way, Jesus, through the rooster, 
was holding up a mirror to Peter, being like, look, you think you just tried to cut off the ear of Malchus? This is what you've you've presented yourself to be. But man, let me tell you something. You still got work to do. Yeah. You're not done yet. Yeah, and even the he looked at the Lord. Yes. I mean Yeah, and that doesn't have yeah. that in the, the Luke account. Yeah, it does. Does it? Yeah, uh verse sixty one. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter, yeah. I went through that. But yeah, the cuz you know they were in so so he denied Jesus while he was able to see him. Yeah. Hmm. Like and the Lord uh, looked the, at him. Yeah. And, and he uh, knew, I mean, Jesus heard the rooster crow and just went. And he's on trial. Yeah. Were they in the middle of the trial? Was he still waiting? Where was he at? He's I mean, he's at least being detained. And it's just uh, yeah, very bringing, interesting. Bringing him into the high priest's house. So yeah. We don't know if he was in the house or... But this was hours later as well because it went through a couple hours. Oh, uh, yeah. It's an hour, at least an hour. Um, so, but you've got a lot of... Uh, you just... You, you, when we see this, I, well, I see this and it's just like a mirror. You know, I see what Jesus did here with Peter. Because Peter was so on fire for him. I'm going to die for you. Yeah. Which is a crazy statement to say to Jesus, first of all, mm-hmm. because Jesus is, needs to die for you. But second of all, Peter's on fire for God. He's ready to go. He's on fire. And that's the kind of vibe we have a lot of times when we're on our highs, right? Um, think back, if you will, to when you went to church camp. Um, even as an adult, it was this way for me. You know, it was definitely this way as a kid, but really, but the same as an adult. And you go to church camp and you're just on this spiritual high and you're just ready to go. Well, Peter had just experienced a similar um, environment because they were in the garden and they were singing together, right? They sang a hymn and then they went out to the Mount of Olives. They were all together. They were doing this and Peter was just on this spiritual high just way up here on this spiritual high that a lot of people will never get to achieve. But then we have this crash and we get to see that kind of firsthand um, where he bellies out and he crashes. And as soon as the pressure hits, it's just like the, the seed that, that fell on the soil or the rocky sand or the rocky soil in the parable of the weeds, parable of the, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and it sprouted up really fast. But then as soon as pressure came, as soon as it got hot, they died. And they withered away. Um, and that's exactly what happens to Peter right here. Because when you're on a spiritual high like Peter was, you think, I've got it. I've, I can handle this. And then all of a sudden, you're not. And you need to be held accountable for that. And that's exactly what Jesus does for Peter here. And I think it probably changed his life. Would you agree with that, Zach? Oh, for certain, for certain. When he goes out, um, you know what we've got here in, um, you know, in this chapter, and as we kind of go on through, is we have we have two men who have betrayed Jesus, uh, and you have so you have Judas, who betrays uh, Jesus, and his reaction is that of you know, guilt and shame, uh, regret, 
uh, and he decides that, that the solution for this uh, is to kill himself. Um, but then with Peter, we see something else. We see something different. Um, and we see what uh, Paul kind of describes in his second letter to the, or I guess it might be the third letter to the Corinthians, uh, but we know it as Second Corinthians. Uh, that's for a different episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he talks about godly grief. Now, I wrote to you in my previous letter. Uh, you know, I talked to you and I know that you were grieved by that letter. And it wasn't my intention to make you grieve, but I'm glad that you are because it's godly grief. And, and it produced in you repentance. It, it produced mm -hmm. in you indignation. And the indignation which he describes there is the hatred of your own sin. It, it's 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 a just a just a disgust by what you have done, and a desire to. He actually says, "And you desire to uh, to prove yourselves as as clean as as peaceful as you know. Uh, prove yourselves innocent." Uh, mm -hmm. And so this grief that Peter experiences is a godly grief. He, he hears that rooster crow, that he looks at the Lord, he sees him, he goes out and he weeps bitterly. But unlike Judas, he doesn't decide, well, there's nothing that I can do. Mm -hmm. um, he has a indignation for his own sin. And later he's restored back to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, when he sees him again, uh, we were talking about Peter, and I think sometimes it's we we almost see like there's there's two Peters. There's there's the one before yeah. the resurrection and the one after the resurrection. And I think he carries a lot of the similar qualities, you know, being the first oh, yeah. one to go. You know, he was he gave the first gospel sermon uh, when the high priest went to the the apostles in Acts five. It says that Peter and the rest of the apostles said to him, "We ought to obey God rather than men." You know, so you've got this, it's the same person, you know, with the same personality and qualities mm -hmm. and different things like that, except there is a change with the forgiveness of sins in Jesus. And, right. and uh, so I think this, this is though, and, and it's, it's amazing that Peter has all these, like these special moments. You know, he, yeah. he gives that, that great confession that he's the Christ. Mm -hmm. And I like in Mark's account, and I guess, you know, we could see that in some of the other accounts, but it's clearest in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 8, there is a complete transition in that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From from that specific moment, he starts teaching, Jesus starts teaching about him being crucified, and he starts moving towards Jerusalem and, and all of that, getting ready to die. Mm -hmm. And he has that special moment where there's a change. Then he has this moment where he realizes this betrayal of Jesus that he's done, and this elicits a change. Um, and then when we see him again, you know, Jesus uh, says, Peter, do you love me? You know, do you love me? There, there again, there elicits a change. And it's just yeah. like the Lord is, 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 you know, and I think God, Jesus, Jesus would have offered uh, Judas forgiveness. Sure. I do believe it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it just didn't turn out that way. Right. And so he well, offers it to, to Peter. 
one thing you said about you know he he has these points where he changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's interesting because I think that happens a lot, and with us, um, I oh, think yeah. it probably happened with all the disciples, all the apostles. But Peter is the poster boy for it. Even yeah. you know even with Paul, where Peter is is plead, trying to please the Jewish Christians and not eating with the Gentile Christians, and Paul calls him out for it. You know even at that point, there's still things where it's like you've got you can change and that's probably I think that's why I associate with Peter so much because he's not done growing yeah. because of how far he is from being a perfect individual yeah. and, um, and obviously nobody's perfect but Peter's mistakes are there was one thing I did want to say about yeah, um, sure. these points in, in his life and kind of something you said earlier about you know we think back we go when we were at church camp and we were excited right. and even as an adult if you're a counselor or something like that absolutely you know you uh kind of get a high and then you kind of uh you know there might be a lull or something like that but we can make connections and we can we can point out that there are there are all kinds of you know different points in our life where our faith is tested or we may find ourselves in kind of a depressed season you know people who experience divorce or you know, I know I've known of several over the past few years that have lost they've lost their children. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just like how do you ever get over that? You don't Every, really get over it, yeah. um, but you are are, are put through um, this. And the only thing that I understand and know about every one of them is they probably ask, you know, God, why, you know you know the parents are aren't supposed to outlive their children you know and and this is kind of going down a rabbit hole here i guess or going in a completely different direction but it just kind of just pointing out that there are throughout our lives we have these sort of moments where there are opportunities for transformation for a greater understanding uh, of god sometimes our, our wisdom only comes from experiencing trial um sometimes we only learn to be empathetic towards others uh, by experiencing trial ourselves. And, and so when I think about uh, what Peter endured and the, the lack of faith that he had, uh, for him to then turn around after his growth and after his wisdom's developed, mm-hmm. uh, to speak in First Peter uh, chapter 1 yeah. about the faith that God has given to you when it is tested by fire, you know, is, is brought out of that fire to be pure and undefiled. It is something that's, that's wonderful and great and it's glorifying to God. I mean, totally. he is able to speak on that because he experienced that, that his faith wavered and he had moments where his faith endured. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so there's just a, there's a level of growth that takes place uh, Absolutely. with him. Well, and that's kind of exactly what I really want to hammer home in the rest of the episode um, is there's growth. And, you know, that's where we're headed. Um, but, you know, it, it, growth requires you seeing I need to grow. And I talked about Jesus holding up that mirror. I mentioned Paul, what he did for uh, for Peter, holding up that mirror to him. And so many times we have to have somebody do that for us. So with that in mind, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're going to discuss this a little more. 
thanks everyone for watching or listening today. Uh, we uh, want to thank our, our partners uh, at the Ministry League. Uh, go check out their app or their website, uh, ministryleague.com. Uh, please uh, follow, like, uh, comment, you know, interact with us on social media because when you do, you're more likely to see us in the future. Um, also, we have a Patreon, uh, and basically what that is is it's a um, it's kind of like a subscription service, but we aren't we aren't charging things like Netflix or or uh, Disney Plus or anything like that. Our lowest tier is three dollars per month, um, and so. Uh, we are offering lots of extra content. We do live videos weekly. Um, we offer a bunch of bunch of just extra stuff. We did a post show last week just for patrons, uh, and so go check those those things out. Uh, we'll provide links for all of this in the description. Uh, thanks for watching, joining us today. Uh, as we continue, um, something that you know we've kind of been following this and. Uh, this thought of Peter being shown a mirror, right? Um, I want to take us back now to Luke 6. So we're going to go backward in the book of Luke. Backward. Yes. Um, in the book of Luke to uh, chapter 6. And this is in the middle of, well, I guess it's more towards the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. We've had the Beatitudes. Then Jesus, it, Jesus talks about um, woe to those who are self-satisfied, which that's a whole episode love your enemies which we know and then you get the headline do not judge and i kind of want i want we're going to examine this for a minute and kind of talk about this because if you straight up just don't judge anybody um nobody can have be shown a mirror um if paul if paul doesn't judge peter then he never calls him out for doing something wrong, right? Um, so I want to I want to plant that seed real quick, and let's read what actually what Jesus actually says here, as opposed to yeah what we've made it to be. Okay, verse thirty seven: Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So what Jesus says here is, look, whatever standard you use is going to be used on you, right? We see that other places in the Bible. By whatever you judge, you will be judged with. Um, and so it's not a matter of do not judge. Yes, he says don't judge. But really what I think Jesus is conveying here is be careful how you judge, yeah. right? For sure. I have to make judgments. We have to make snap judgments all day long. Sometimes we get time to process things. But when it comes to other people, if I've got a, somebody who I know is wrong, I need to call them out on it. Now, I will say, there are times when the person calling them out, your line is skewed. Okay, um, Just because you don't like what somebody's doing, or you don't feel right about what somebody's doing does not mean that it's wrong. And so that takes self-examination. Um, and so every, I feel like every episode we come back to be a self-examinator instead of, yeah. right? But like, it's just like, 
Listen, do it yourself. Look at yourself. And then yeah. later on in the chapter, Jesus says exactly that. Uh, you know, why are you looking at the splinter in your brother's eye when there's a log in your own eye? And that seems dramatic, but that's exactly what it is. Jesus is saying the amount of the problem that you're seeing is insignificant to the problem that you have. Um, and so Jesus is not trying to tell people don't judge. What he's trying to say is don't judge on a standard that you're unable to be judged on. Yeah, I think that that's, that's incredible. And if we look at some other passages of Scripture too, like it just reinforces this idea that yes. we we have to look out for each other. You know, we are to correct one another, especially within the church. Um, you know, I think about First Corinthians chapter 5, when Paul was talking about, he says, um, I wrote with you in my letter not to associate with sexual immoral uh, people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of the world, or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters, since you would need to go out into the world. But now I'm writing you not to, bear, uh, not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother, if he is guilty of those things. So we are to make judgments of about the brethren, at least, <laughs> according yeah. to that passage. And he says, don't even associate with them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the drunkards, and the swindlers, and the greedy, and the immoral, uh, the idolater, they're, they're even to be put out. He says, purge the evil person from among you. Right. So there, there, is the, there is the biblical command, call, to action that yes we have to judge but at the same time i think you're you're totally right in the fact that we he, he's talking about you're you're noticing something small about somebody else when you yourself don't have a relationship with god that you need to have right okay if you have a log in your eye I love that he uses these great hyperboles, like the yeah. the camel going through the eye of the needle. You know, there is a there is a log sticking out of your eye. Yeah. Uh, you have a problem, sir. <laughs> I mean, you've you've got this incredible thing that is hindering you. I mean, you know how much a log weighs. I mean, he didn't say a branch. He didn't say a limb. He says a even log. if it was just like this long. Yeah. Are you going to be able to small. hold that up with your head? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I and mean, then, like, and and maybe we're, it's not meant to be looked at that way, just like in a literal kind of sense. But I think it is. Maybe, maybe it is. But I, like, I, I, the hyperbole no is point. there. Yeah, yeah. The, the hyperbole is there to make you think. Like, yes. can you live your life with a log attached to your face? I mean, if you are, one, you are you are going through this life with a hindrance that you are not addressing. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it this way. So, like, imagine you you feel a lump somewhere in your body. And we know that's an indicator that you might have cancer. You might. Sure. Uh, so you're just going to keep living your life? Or are you going to go do something to get that checked out? Are you going to die early because you were negligent over your own self and your self-care? Mm-hmm. Because, well, I didn't want to go to the doctor, or, eh, it's not anything important, or, 
you know, I'm too distracted by other things. I have other concerns in my life. And that's where those logs come from, the, the hypocrisy oftentimes. Yep. I'm, yep. Too, I'm so focused on other people. I'm so focused on other things in my life. I am, I am so self-absorbed at the same time that I can't see my own mistakes and my right. errors and my, yep. my issues. Well, and that's kind of the thought that I want us to take home today yeah. is that mirror, right? And there's a big mirror right here. Right. right. That's the best mirror you could possibly have. That's where, that's how you go self-examine. But the point I wanted to make from this is that sometimes other people can be mirrors, yeah. right? This is a perfect mirror. If I look at myself and compare myself with that, I will know exactly what, I can figure out exactly what's wrong. I can figure out exactly how to fix it. Um, people are imperfect mirrors. Um, they sometimes will have good points, but um, imagine a funhouse mirror, right? <laughs> There's going to be some of it that is accurate, right? But there could also be some of it that paints you in a worse or a better picture than the reality. Um, so you've got to assess ultimately with scripture and that's why self mirroring self um, examination is what we have to do constantly yeah. um, and I'm somebody who is very bad at that <laughs> right yeah. uh, I'm somebody who is I'm, I'm telling myself to self examine hourly <laughs> because I have because I forget to um, and, and so it's it's not an easy thing to grasp it's not an easy thing to remember to do um, but I think I, I guess I wanted to also emphasize that just because somebody is critiquing you or you may feel calling you out does not mean that they hate you it does not mean that they want something bad for you it doesn't mean that they dislike you even we have to take in what we can when you're eating fish you don't eat the bones. Eat the meat throughout the bones. And I think that's... Unless it's canned salmon. There you go. Or tuna. Canned tuna, canned salmon. <laughs> you shouldn't eat the bones from that, though, either. Just so we're clear. You can. Um, but, you know, that that's, that's the way we should approach other people. And I think that... And man, I'm even wrong, but I think that a lot of people would be much less stressed. A lot of people would be much less hateful quite frankly, mm -hmm. uh, if we took that approach yeah. as a world. Oh, yeah. You know, and... What do I know? <laughs> way, way to end that hum humbly, what do I know? <laughs> That's my favorite line. What do I know? Um, and I can say this now because I am no longer employed with, with any church, but <laughs> when I was employed with the church, um, um, we, uh, me and Spencer... We would just say, but what do I know? All the time, you know, we're only the paid ministers. What do we know? Um, <laughs> you know, you, you, hopefully know you know enough. But anyway, <laughs> we even we even I don't I don't have it anymore. We even made trying to help people. We yeah. even made T-shirts that said, "But what do I know?" Oh goodness. <laughs> well, let's talk about let's talk about what we should know. Correct. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love the couplets that are in scripture. Oftentimes, you know. You, especially in the in the poetry of the Bible, you've got a statement and then you have an affirming statement which comes after it sometimes. Sometimes it's right. a negative 
you know, an opposite, but he got that affirming statement. Well, I think James 1, verses 19 through 27, that is a great couplet to put alongside what we have here in Luke chapter 6. Sure. So, so Jesus is talking about judge not. Uh, he's talking about with the measure you use, you know, we're to think in this kind of way. There, there should be this mirror, right? Yes. And so he explicitly talks about the mirror mm-hmm. in James chapter 1. He says, yeah. know this. This is something you should know. <laughs> what do I know? Know this. <laughs> My beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I think that's part of this, right? Why do you look I, at the speck in your brother's yeah. eye? You know? <laughs> And you got a log in your own eye. Why are you focused on things? Why are you Why are you trying to fix him mm-hmm. when you've got a lot of fixing to do yourself? Mm. And I don't feel like that kind of person there in Luke chapter six is a person that's slow to speak and quick to hear. Mm-mm. No. So he. Conti- I really like that. Yeah, and so he continues on. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Receive with meekness the implanted word. The word that's supposed to be written on our hearts. If it's written on our hearts, it doesn't stay on the paper. Right? It doesn't stay on the paper. It doesn't stay on the phone. Mm-hmm. You're reading from your phone. It's implanted. Right? Yep. Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. But he looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he is like. (laughs) But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and preserves being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Um... You know, he continues on, talks about religion. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to bridle your tongue. You have to practice pure religion, all of that. Now, it's interesting because I think that in in this, he's saying that the, the Bible is, is this mirror. Mm-hmm. And there are two things you can do when you look into that mirror. Right. You can look into it and then... Just forget what you just read and go on and live your life. Mm-hmm. Or you can look into that mirror, that word. Look at those faults that you see there because it is the perfect law of liberty. It's the perfect mirror. It's not a funhouse mirror. It's not right. a. It's not cracked and there's pieces of glass missing. Uh, it's not foggy. It's, it's clean. It's pure. It's right. It's accurate, and if we look intently into it, we're able to see those those parts of us that aren't matching up to be like Jesus. I mean, right. and it's it's the self reflection that you're talking about. You you meditate. I love that Paul uses that language. Um, I believe it's in Philippians chapter two or Philippians chapter three, mm-hmm. where he talks about. Meditate on these things. Think on yes. these things, um, and that's that's just the thing. I think I think Peter, 
he responded in ways oftentimes because he wasn't he wasn't really reflecting <laughs> he, he he acted in the moment mm-hmm. um and sometimes we're forced to act in the moment and that's that's when most of our mistakes happen i feel like correct and we're forced to act in the moment right. uh and we don't have time to pray about it or think about it um of course it's interesting jesus told told them to pray yeah. pray with me you're you're trying to you're sleeping and i'm telling you to pray with me so that you won't give in to sin and then what does peter do not pray and then when uh that fellow comes and tries to take jesus and slices off his ear well he wasn't praying about what, what he was going to endure he he yeah. wasn't and so I don't know exactly where I'm really going with this other than the fact that um, I think that as Peter grew as a person he understood he had to reflect uh, on the word more he had to depend more and that's yeah. a word I'm, I've been using a lot depend we have to depend on God right. um, and it's just this if if we are called to encourage and lift each other up and to rebuke and, and to and to bring, you know, the one who pulls a brother out of sin, you know, has saved his life and that love has covered a multitude of sins at the end of, in the, uh, at the end of the book of James. Right. We respond not, as he says here, with anger being quick to judge as as jesus might say or as we might gather from chapter six but we look out in love and uh, i think that we just have to understand that we are we are fallible human beings and the issue the biggest issue with all of this is the humility yeah yeah. Peter Peter was humbled when he looked at Jesus and he heard that cock crow. And he went out and he grieved in his humility. The humility that it takes to recognize, hmm, if I'm going to be harsh and I'm going to be judging people uh, sternly and without mercy, then, hmm, God's going to do the same thing to me. Right. Uh, having humility to understand that we must rely on him uh that's when we can start looking to the mirror and seeing all right god what do you want me to do god god who do you want me to be Uh, who am i going to become because of your righteous and magnificent and transforming power yes it's just like no, I, that's dead on. And I appreciate you bringing up the passage in James because that's exactly, um, you know, I think the key. About a year ago, um, probably longer than that now, um, I was, I, God was screaming at me, you need to read James. And you're like, well, how does that happen? Well, it's, I, I can't explain it, but like f- probably for about three weeks straight, Anytime somebody would read a passage in Bible class, anytime somebody would bring up a book, it always came from James. And I was like, there you go. Okay, God, I'm listening. All right. So I sat down and I highlighted and I read entirely through the book of James. 
probably the most underrated book in the Bible, mm-hmm. in my opinion. The Epistle uh, of Straw, Martin Luther said. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, but it, there's a lot of good stuff in James. So I encourage you to read James, first of all. Second of all, um, that verse, slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to anger, that's a tough concept to grasp. Um because it's totally the opposite of everything you're taught, everything we're taught. You got to speak to be heard. Don't listen to anybody else. Everybody else is wrong. And, you know, quick to anger. You know, people are quick to anger. Um, especially when they're in their car. <laughs> but, yeah, or on social um, media. <laughs> yes. And I just, you know, I, I think that, that is, uh, that's a perfect way to summarize this. There's this mirror right here. And, um, you know, the people, other people can be mirrors too, but the ultimate mirror is the Bible. And I may be totally wrong about this, but I believe that when you pray constantly, when you pray every day, twice, three, four, five times a day, uh, you have a better relationship with the people around you because you have a better relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a more complete understanding of who you are. You have a more complete... So if, if you're lost, I think the answer is so quite simply to pray more. Um, and I've experienced that. You know, I'm not always good at it. But my best times as a person, my best times as a father, my best times as a husband, as a spiritual leader on any on any level, is when I've been praying more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really, and I think that that is also a key. Scripture and prayer. And I, I mean, that's something that's hammered in you when the time, by the time you're a kid. But I think the power of that does not completely fall upon your shoulders and fall upon your heart until you've felt it. And until you've gone a time without praying. Until you've gone a time without listening to God's word. And you're just like, when you get back into it, wow. That's that spiritual high. Um, And there's going to be times we all have a rooster crow. And says, wake up. And I think that's kind of funny. I think the rooster... Jesus had the rooster crow for a reason. It was a wake-up call for Peter. Mm-hmm. In our culture, and even then, I would imagine, I don't know why it's ever, it would be that this way any different throughout human history, roosters were to wake up. Time to get up. Let's go. Um, and that was Peter's wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, the poetry of that is fascinating. But, we are all going to have a wake-up call. We're all going to have a rooster. And Peter was ready for it, and he heard it. But we have to be ready for our wake-up call. Because you can snooze a wake-up call, or you can totally miss it. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I did want to comment on something about the prayer. Um, sure. And why that is so important. Uh, and Luke chapter 17, you know, before this whole process... Um, and you know, we, we just kind of mentioned too that uh, about prayer. You know, Jesus said to the disciples, "You know, pray." You know, while they were in the garden, and they chose not to; they chose to sleep instead. Um, but I want us to consider verses uh, five and following of Luke chapter seventeen. The apostles said to the Lord, "Increase our faith." Now, that's the best question I think. Mm-hmm. You know. It, it's it's interesting the things that they ask Jesus. You know, there's only one thing that they say, teach us to do, and that is to pray. Lord, teach mm-hmm. us to pray. 
And then that's where we get that model prayer from because they ask specifically about that. But then he says, they say, increase our faith. That's the question of the ages. And Jesus actually gives two answers. And they're amazing. Um, Verse 6, And the Lord said, If you have faith like the grain of mustard seed, you could say to the smallberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, what is the faith? What is what is a mustard seed? Is that a lot of faith? That is a just a minuscule, like a small, yeah. tiny bit. And yet Jesus says, if you've got this tiny little bit of faith, this can happen. So where's the power? The power is in God entirely. He says, if you have a just a tiny, minuscule amount of faith, and you say, you know, go jump, you know, to a plant, go jump in the ocean, go jump mm-hmm. in the river, and it would do so. It's because God has the power. They they needed to learn to rely on God. Yeah. Now, in the second answer, is very similar. He talks about uh, servants. And when the servant goes and they plow the field and they keep the sheep and they come in from the field, is their master going to say, come in and recline at table? No. The master says, you serve me. Now, that's their, their job. You serve me. Yeah. And then when I'm done, you can have something to eat. Mm-hmm. And it says there in verse 9, does he thank the servant because he had did what he was commanded? And then verse 10, he says, So also when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. And this is actually, it's strange, because God talks about our inheritance and our reward and the crown and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You're going to be rewarded for your faith and what you do in this walk and you know all of this. But at the same time, this is kind of what our attitude should be like about God we are unworthy servants we've only done what you've asked us to do and the reason for that is because those servants depend on the master you know we think about the prodigal son and what he said about the servants in his father's house when he was sitting there and he was wanting to eat those pods of of the pigs he says the servants in my father's house have it better than me yeah. I'm going to go back and I'm going to be a servant. I'm going to be a slave in my father's house mm-hmm. so that I can be better off, that I can be taken care of, that I'm going to have things better than I do hiring myself out and feeding pigs in a field. And it's just like, hmm, Jesus gives two answers. How do I increase my faith? One, understand that God's power and authority is incredible. And number two, realize that you're totally dependent upon him for your safety, for being you're being provided for. And you may be saying, okay, well, how does this relate? How does this relate to what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. All right. So it's the humility. Yeah. It's the living with a meekness that understands that I am not perfect. Mm-hmm. I am weak. I I am not wise. I I am foolish. I do not know the way. I am a child. 
in need of the love of the Father. Right. And and that's where we get in trouble when we when we say I'm wise, when we say I know, I'm an adult, I can do this. When we say things like that, and I can take care of things myself, and we build up this self-reliance to the point of I can do no wrong. Now I can start looking at other people and trying to fix everything in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? We are walking in a foolishness that is going to lead to our own self-destruction. Absolutely. But will we live with this humble reliance upon God continually? We will make right judgments because it's going to be according to his will and his word. Mm-hmm. We may make mistakes, but we come and we respond with godly repentance and we are guided not by self but by by him it's galatians yeah. 220 is what it is yeah you know i have been crucified with christ it's no longer i who live but christ who lives in me and the life that i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and, and gave himself for me that is that's the goal at least we may not be there you know, we still may have some self-crucifying that needs to take place. Sure. And Jesus said it in a very similar way. You know, um, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Um, yeah. And so we, we talk about this a lot, self-denial and self-reflection and all of that. Well, but I, I, think I think that's the answer here. It's the beginning of looking towards others. Yeah. And um, the whole point of what we do and the whole point of what we're trying to do with this podcast is to encourage others. And it's similar to that idea of, you know, in a plane, you know, you've got to put your own mask on before you put everybody else's mask on. Encouragement's a similar thing. Yeah. I can't, if, I, if I'm f- not flawed, because everybody's flawed, if I'm self if I have self-doubts because of who I am or because of the way I've lived, then how am I going to encourage other people? How am I going to help other people? How am I going to be a accurate mirror to other people if I'm not where I need to be? Um, so, and that's the other side of this that we didn't even really touch. <laughs> yeah. But Zach, uh, I don't really have much more to say about this nope. man. Um, you know, like I said, this is this is the receiving side of, of this topic. We could do an episode of the mirror side of who I am and who I'm how I'm reflecting to the people um, on this topic, and maybe we will in the future. Um, but uh, as of right now, um, I, I appreciate everybody who's stuck with us to the end. Um, yeah, you know, I, I do want to say this real quick. We've we've been kind yeah. of just been me and me and Logan for the last few episodes, uh, but the next three we're gonna have three different guests to come on uh so i'm so if you're tired got, of us stay tuned it's okay <laughs> yeah we, we got three guests back to back to back uh coming up in the next few weeks so uh i appreciate all of our listeners and our and our absolutely fans and all check out our patreon i'm not going to stop talking about that <laughs> so I'm a lots of extra stuff and it's it's worth it for sure it is um uh, still waiting on never mind waiting on your mug yeah i'll send yeah. it to you <laughs> i was like i don't need to say that on the video yeah, well i hope you've enjoyed watching today uh zach would you close this in prayer as we wrap this up sure let's pray god we thank you so much for your word that we may look into it uh like a mirror uh that we may look into each other as mirrors 
that we might grow, that we might understand uh, with humility uh, that we should have a greater dependence upon you. And help us, dear Lord, to judge with the right uh, measure uh, when we need to. Uh, but as we do, dear Lord, help us to do so uh, with love and mercy in mind. Uh, help us to uh, grow and learn from our mistakes as Peter, uh, as Peter did. Help us to be able to move forward in faith, to increase our faith. Uh, help us to do that, Lord, through your strength and your help and your guidance. Uh, we thank you so much for all of our listeners, Lord. We ask that you'll bless them. Pray that they are encouraged uh, by what we're doing uh, and what you are doing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for watching.